Welcome back, Explorers! I'm David, that's Wesley, and this is the Trailcast. A weekly show that gets so far off track, you'll have to stick around to see just where we end up. Hey, where's Perry? That's right, today we're talking about Phineas and Ferb. And Perry. So, David, today we're talking... Wow, you just interrupted me. I see how it is. Anyways, today we're talking about Phineas and Ferb, David. And so, I think this is obviously something that you and me... uh, It is obviously something you and me grew up with. I think both something that you and me both loved growing up. Um, Mm. So, give me your take on Phineas and Ferb. Um, Because I feel like it's, it's just something that, like, everyone knows about. You know, like, obviously we can go into, like, a general recap of, like, how episodes are, you know, formulated... But, like, they're mostly the same, and most everyone knows what at least has seen some kind of Phineas and Ferb. So, what's your thoughts on Phineas and Ferb and, like, you know, stuff like that? Like I said, Phineas and Ferb growing up was, like, that. that for at least when we were watching Disney Channel, that was one of the best shows. That was definitely the best animated Mm -hmm. show and one of the best shows on Disney Channel. Um, And, like, I know it's a very, like, simple idea for a TV show, but it really is, like, genius. Like, because when you think about it, really the plot of every episode is the exact same, but sometimes, somehow mm-hmm. it all feels, like, fresh and new, and it's, it's, the show, like, just from a, like, uh, critical standpoint, it's extremely well made for what it is. Yeah, I saw a thing earlier today was talking about the show, and um, it was like, you know, Phineas and Ferb is extremely uh, formulaic. Like, it has a formula for every single episode, Mm -hmm. and it's the exact same one from, you know, the beginning to the end. And it's like, and that's why it succeeded, because it didn't have to really do anything extraordinarily new or anything like that. So... My computer crashed, but we're back now. What I was saying before I probably got rudely interrupted, and surprisingly not by David this time, but anyways, um, was that uh, Feast and Ferb is not, uh, it, it is a, it's very formulaic. Like it has, a, it has formula to the, to the way that the videos go or the movies go. Get it right. To the way that the episodes go. And so they don't have to do anything like, different you know like they don't have to one-up themselves after every episode you know it could just you know the first episode second episode it's all the same you know just slight little tweaks here and there and every once in a while they'd put a random new twist to it Mm -hmm. and like i think that's one reason why the show is so good and why like even now it has so much rewatch value you know like um they've done a lot of you know they did the after the series they did a second they did the second dimension movie i think they've done a couple others but i know that they did one more recently with uh candace or whatever 
But we've talked about with the previous shows that we've talked about, uh, like their endings. Well, this doesn't really have an ending to it, and it's kind of nice that because you can you can just watch through them. You don't really have. It's not like an overarching story well, to it, you know. The, that's a the, nice thing about it too. The closest thing Phineas and Ferb has to an ending. I know it's kind of weird. We normally talk about the ending of a show first. A lot of times we do, but uh, the ending, the closest thing to an as like to an ending of Phineas and Ferb is like the is either second to last or third to last episode, uh, Act Your Age, which is you know when, when mm-hmm. it comes to the future when the you know, um, I think pretty much the main plot of the episode is uh, Phineas trying to decide where he's going to go to college. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the closest thing the show has to a finale. Yeah, and and like it's it. It does like evoke those like like finale feelings, but like you know for the most part like the show is the show you know mm-hmm. it it it's I mean it's a, it's a kid show you know kid shows aren't really supposed to have endings you know they're not they're not structured the same way but like you know for us now like we watched it and and when it was coming out you know like I remember watching new episodes on Disney, um, but like now watching back on it. You know, it's still good. It still holds up, and it's like, you know, you don't have to start with episode one and watch through. You can just kind of it's a it's a happy show. Uh, a couple months ago, or might have been uh, not long after me and Sarah first got married, for whatever reason, we decided to watch a horror movie. Um, and it was it was uh, a lot. I I I watch a couple horror like I, I watch a couple like different horror genre. Like I like it, the it movie. I watched the first one. I haven't seen the second one yet. Um, that's fine. Uh, like gory stuff like that. I don't, I don't really care as much about that. Like I, I can watch those. When it comes to like uh, demonic stuff, I tend to stay away from that. Well, we started watching this movie uh, off of the recommendation of someone else. Turns out we were watching the wrong movie. Uh, it was pretty good. But it was really, really scary. And so after we after we got done watching the movie, like the whole time I was freaking out. I was a little girl. I'm not even going to lie about that. Sarah was Sarah was uh, watching more of it than I was. I was hiding behind the pillows. But um, after we got done watching that, we turned on Phineas and Ferb because we were like, we need to flush out this like scary sensation. And, you know, we just picked a random, you know, a couple episodes that we liked, you know, and we watched them. Mm. And you know what? I actually fell asleep that night. Yeah. Um. And you mentioned earlier the formula of the show. I want to talk a little more about more about that too, because uh, mm-hmm. the show definitely has a like. You said you know, it definitely is very formulaic, but like I said, it, it's it's kind of a genius thing too, because like, and uh, I think uh, Dan Povenmire has even talked about this on his uh TikTok. He does TikTok, YouTube Shorts, all like all that kind of stuff. But uh, he's even talked about that before. He does uh, um formula it's like because uh well, let me back up a little bit before i get into that so a lot of people a lot of people when he pitched his show said a show like that would never work didn't then he start pitching it back in like the early 90s or something like that yes dan mm-hmm. dan pavemeyer and uh jeff swampy marsh swampy is his, is his nickname so dan and swampy mm-hmm. came up with this show in the Swamp's 90s quotes Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they came up with the show in the '90s, and this show air first aired in 2007. Was it seven or yeah, eight? Sounds familiar. 2007. So, like, 
it really, you know, it, it, it took, took like 15 years to even get this show on the air. And mind you too, mm-hmm. Dan worked for Nickelodeon for a lot of this time. He actually worked on SpongeBob. So Nickelodeon would yeah. not air this show because he probably would have pitched. I, I don't know this for sure, but he probably pitched it Nickelodeon first because he worked for Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, uh, Finally got Disney to actually pick up and run this show. And it's, you know, it's what we have now. Instant classic. But one of the reasons a lot of uh, of these studios rejected this show is because the formula was so simple and was so repetitive. And Mm -hmm. one of the main things is that with with Phineas and Ferb, their their whole plot. So in every episode, there's an A plot, a B plot, and a C plot. So the A plot is whatever Phineas and Ferb are doing, which mm. in all reality, like, is not the most interesting part of the show. Yeah, because you know whatever Phineas and Ferb are doing, like you know they're gonna succeed at it. They're gonna do whatever you know. But the um, the B plot and C plot are the more interesting parts of the show because the. the the B plot is pretty much, you know, whatever Candace is doing to try to bust Phineas and Ferb. And, you know, she's the one that has all of the, um, you know, ups and downs and, you know, hard time getting to where, because she never actually succeeds. And then, of course, the yeah. C plot is, uh, <clears throat> Doofenshmirtz and Perry. Hmm. Which, for a lot of, a lot of the show, that's, let's be honest, that's, that's what we watch the show for. <laughs> yeah. Although, not as much as they were hoping when they came out with uh, the um, uh, whatever they, they were called, like the file episodes or whatever, like the last the couple Alka ones they did after they stopped. Yeah, the Alka so, files. I never really could so, get onto those, and a lot of it was like not because it wasn't like intriguing enough with Doofenshmirtz and Perry. It was more just like you they were missing something, and it's because I think they're more of a B plot than anything else like they're not as good as an a as an a plot mm. and see that's the thing it all the parts of the show <clears throat> need all the others to tick and it, mm-hmm. it's, it's a clock it basically like each episode is basically just a clock like all the mm-hmm. parts fit together perfectly like you know while the um you know whatever the boys are doing may not necessarily directly involve with whatever different sorts of parent are doing sometimes it does cross over Sometimes or most times mm-hmm. it doesn't, but normally whatever Doofenshmirtz ends up building, whatever contraption he ends up building, normally directly influences the a plot because that's normally what yeah. gets rid of whatever the boys do, and that you know yeah. So it, it's it's you know like I said it's it's a clock. It's really fine tuned, and that's kind of the mm-hmm. genius of it because like you can <clears throat> plug in all sorts of different scenarios and whatever into this show you know into the plot of the show like. You know, heck, they did an episode, you know, like pre- a prehistoric episode. They had an episode in ancient China. Mm-hmm. Like, it, they can plug whatever setting, whatever whatever they want into this episode, and it works. Now, yeah. of course, they, they do have so, or a few episodes where they break this uh, kind of cycle, like all the specials and the crossovers. Mm-hmm. You know, they, of course, they have, you know, they have episodes that kind of break this, but for the most part, the majority of this show... Like I said, it's just this like clockwork. It just works. Mm-hmm. 
and even like uh like you're saying uh episodes that break the formula i think about the one where um they they either watch perry all day i think is what they end up doing and uh you know you get planty the potted plant you know but it still bounces back and forth it still like bounces back and forth and like you know yeah, the boys aren't building anything, and, and in all reality, like that plot's not as that's not interesting what they're doing. They're they're watching Perry or whatever, right? Like you said, you just watched this. They're watching Perry, right? No, so that's the episode with the rabbit, or the first episode with the rabbit. And so Perry is, is oh. yeah, yeah. So Perry's in the mm-hmm. um is there the whole time at at the house trying to prevent the rabbit okay. from getting into the lair. Yeah. Now I remember it. Now I remember it. Also, yeah, but like you know, there's like different, there's different things like that that do break the formula. But like it still mm-hmm. fits. It still works. It's because it's how it's you know done. And like you were saying earlier, um, not to get too off topic of whatever you wanted to get to, but like like you were saying earlier with how like you know when he when uh Dan pitched it to people, they were like, no, that will never work. The formula is too basic. It's funny how oftentimes how the one thing that people who don't believe in something, they're like, hey, this one thing is why it doesn't work. Oftentimes, that's the reason that it succeeds. So, like, you because, know, it blows up a lot of times. Well, that's what makes the show different is its formula. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's usually that's, that's why... usually also. Yeah, that's also usually why, like, you know, when someone points out something and says, hey, this is why it's not going to work. It's because it's different. It's because it's not proven. And whenever it, it, you know, someone actually ends up saying, taking some, you know, believes in it, then you get an amazing show like this. You know, it's a mm-hmm. lot of times like risks that, yeah, risks sometimes don't work out, but this one sure did, and we are mm-hmm. happy for it. So, anyways, yeah. go back to what you were saying. Well, uh, you mentioned, you know, uh, planting the potted plant, and I just want to <laughs> talk about the fact that, like. Doofenshmirtz in that episode thwarted himself. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. in all reality, like, <clears throat> I mean, and there's there's some instances where you know Perry being there actually does prevent Doofenshmirtz from doing something. But like a lot of cases, mm-hmm. I wonder just how often Doofenshmirtz actually does like just by yeah. himself would would just fail. <clears throat> Well, speaking of this, uh, speaking of Doofenshmirtz, have you, you seen the uh, film theory episode about Doofenshmirtz? I don't think so. Um, what, what what is that? Or what what is the map pass theory on this? Bas- yeah. So basically, so yes, uh, I watched two videos earlier today that and I, uh, about Phineas and Ferb, um, both of which had to do with Doctor Doofenshmirtz. Uh, the first one is the about the um, the magnet or whatever, uh, which that one's a great one to watch. But basically, talking about how Doofenshmirtz was ahead of his time in inventing that magnet in the first uh, episode that was supposed mm-hmm. to rotate the Earth, which obviously wouldn't have worked. But you know, it, for anyone who's interested, go look up uh, film theory on YouTube. You know, go go watch his videos. He's great. He does a lot of good stuff. All his channels are great. But the video I'm talking about, in this video, he talks about how Doofenshmirtz... So it's revealed at some point in time that Doofenshmirtz actually was an agent of... uh, 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 What's the... Organization without a cool acronym. ALCA? ALCA. 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 Okay. 
he was once an agent of Alka because he was raised by ocelots, which means that technically he's an animal, I guess. Um, so it was revealed that that was the case. But then, then you go back to um, uh, there's another episode where it talks about uh, where he does become an agent or whatever, and um, you know all the problems he causes for the agency. You know, do you remember that episode where um, yep. he's he's an agent or for whatever reason he comes in. Um, and uh, Major Monogram makes a comment: "You do more harm on our side than you ever did on on you know normally." So uh, Mapet's theory is that Doofenshmirtz is basically like uh, Al Qaeda. Uh, Al Qaeda. <laughs> Whoops! What? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no! 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 no. <laughs> That's not his theory. Uh, his theory is that um, he is uh, basically Alka. Their uh, film and research, not film and research, science and research division. <laughs> Whoa! FBI radar list. Um. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Phineas and Fur. That's all we're talking about here. Phineas and Fur. <laughs> but anyways, he he says that he's they're basically uh, the science and research division because apparently in Perry's hat is like uh, like a scanning device that can scan all of Doofenshmirtz's um, devices and they rebuild them. So like think back to um, across the second dimension. At the end of it, they get their brain wiped. Well, who built the the brain in nature? It was Doofenshmirtz's. Um, and so, you know, and also they have the ability to put people in prison, too, because think about that episode with, uh, um, you know, that the the big villain or whatever that um, Perry is called off of Doofenshmirtz to go fight oh, him. The, the, um, the regurgitator. The re- I was thinking that was his name, but I was like, I've already slipped up once. I don't need to do it twice. But anyways, <laughs> so they have episode with him. Well, he ends up in prison. Also, or some of the episodes with like Love Muffin and all, they they end up in prison too. So it's like they have the capability of going or putting people in prison. They never do it to Doofenshmirtz. Why? Well, because he's not causing any harm, except to himself. Um, but he's not causing any harm, and so. And they can they can use him because he's a smart guy. He can build things. He just doesn't really know how to use his inventions. So they use him to build uh, equipment at the cost of his own self. And all they have to pay for this uh, research division is sending Perry the Platypus out there to uh, scan everything. So that's his theory. It's obviously put together a lot better in the video. And he does not name terrorist groups in it. So, you know... But uh, we can move past that real, real quick because whew, we do not need to stay on that topic. But that was basically no. the theory, and it's, it's kind of it's kind of compelling theory too because like, yeah, like Doofenshmirtz is like pretty harmless. They let him roam free, but he's priority one most of the time. For like Perry's one of the best agents, and what is he doing? He's stopping Doofenshmirtz. Yeah, not the Doofenshmirtz actually. <laughs> does much because like even in some cases where, where like he lets his like perry in some cases has actually let doofenshmirtz like go ahead with his plan and yeah. he fails spectacularly uh, it's usually like oh you think this is gonna work go ahead 
let me watch you fail spectacularly because <laughs> like you know usually done in that way it's it's funny obviously but um mm-hmm. and i mean yeah you're not gonna have that big a bad of a villain in the in in it but yeah he's mm-hmm. never gonna and, rule and, the world or the that's the thing like all of doofenshmirtz's innators work whether or not they mm-hmm. whether or not they do their intended function that's the side of the point yeah. but they do something was it was it um Doofensmertz or was it the uh alternate Doofensmertz in the cross second dimension one that made the wo- robots that all had the self destruct button on the bottom? That was a second dimension one, right? No, I think that was Doofensmertz. That was Doofensmertz. The, the normal one. Okay. But yeah, like you know, the robots worked. <laughs> They started marching. Well, they only took one step because there's a button on the bottom. So also, which I don't know why he, I don't know why he keeps adding those in. Like just, just don't add them. That that the whole self destruct button thing is what inevitably <laughs> destroys most of his inventions. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he has to add them in. He has to. Yeah. For whatever reason. I think uh, in the in across the second dimension, I think uh, the evil different schmerz even ma- mentions that like why why are you why do you do that That's, yeah you know i was thinking about it today and it was obviously too late um but i was like i really should watch the second dimension before we talk about phoenix and ferb because like i've i've watched the rest of them enough to know you know general plots of if we were to talk about anything in specific but it's like the second dimension it's been so long since i've seen it like i know the generic plot but there might be like little things here and there that i might end up missing but yeah, it's still I, I a good movie. I, yeah, I didn't watch it either, but yeah, it is. It also <laughs> has a very, like, distinct tonal shift from the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. It does Cause, feel like, the, different. Because um, the um, the newer movie that uh, they made, the Disney Plus one they made just, like, last year, last within the last two years, that one, like, tonally yeah. felt more like the series. But across the second dimension, well, definitely has a much darker tone than the series does. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the movie like, if I remember right, um, I think that would this came out after Phoenix and Ferb stopped. Like they stopped making Phoenix and Ferb, and this was kind of like the the traditional Disney trope at that time. At least I remember a couple of them that did this, where it's like they had a TV show and they made a movie, and then the the series was over and so like wasn't this basically like this was a movie and it was like supposed to be like yeah we're done with phoenix and ferb for now no i don't you know I now think, i come... think it came out during the series hold up <clears throat> it did i mean i can definitely be wrong with that i i don't remember i do i do now remember that it came out in 2011 because of the thing we were talking about last week with the comparison oh, yeah. to avengers but um i don't know yeah, when and, the series and... ended so 2015, so. Hmm. So it came out in the middle of season three. No, wait. Yeah, season three. No, okay. wait, no, sorry. Between season two and three. So halfway through the series. Wow, that early on? Huh. I mean, I mean, either way, like, you know, I, I kind of understand the reasoning for going different. Like, it's not, it's a great movie either way, like, even though it's, tonally different from the rest of them but i was thinking maybe it might 
might you know be because they're kind of wrapping up the series. Um, but I guess not. I, you know, you know what? I should do my research before I open my mouth. But I won't. Never will. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I stand by my methods mm-hmm. and my and stupidity. I would I would like to do a deep dive into the movie sometime in the future, but I, I want to have to watch that. Um, you know, we'll watch it before. Mm-hmm. It. And I think I think the um across the second nation kind of deserves its own episode. So we we might do this sometime in the future. Yep. Um, let us know if you want to hear about that. But uh, no, I, uh, let's talk about the series a little bit more. So um, <clears throat> I would say we we could talk about characters, but there really aren't that much uh like in the way of character development because again well one thing it's a kid show but Mm -hmm. again the the like with the a plot like with Phineas and Ferb like the whole kind of the whole point is like nothing ever changes for them yeah I mean the one episode that they get caught is a dream you know mm -hmm. that Candace is having so like you know it shows you for whatever reason, a possibility. I don't know why that would. Be. I mean, obviously, yes, they did crash and break the house, but you know, I don't ever understand why uh, Candace expects their mom to be upset that her sons are geniuses. It is what it is, I guess. But um, some of the stuff they do is dangerous. Don't get me wrong; like it'd be fun, but it, you know, from her mother's perspective, mm-hmm. yes, it's dangerous. But you know. But sending them off to a uh, you know boot camp basically, <laughs> but that's that's definitely extreme and you know um, obviously something Candace would come up with in her mind. But you know, <clears throat> but yeah, like you said, for the most part they're pretty much invincible. Um, speaking of like Phineas and Ferb, moving over to like Milo Murphy, the show that they uh, came out with more recently, that's supposed to be in the same universe as Phineas and Ferb. You know, there's an episode with those where like Milo Murphy, Milo Murphy's Law, or Murphy's Law. Um, so he's like negative energy. Everything goes wrong around him. Well, Phoenix and Ferb, everything goes right around them, you know. And it's like that's kind of that's what you see throughout the whole entire show. Nothing ever goes wrong for them. Mm. And that's the thing too, like uh if you compare <laughs> Phineas and Ferb and Milo Murphy's Law, like you know, Milo Murphy's Law is not as formulaic as... You can definitely see the influence, but it's not as formulaic mm-hmm. as, like, Phineas Ferb is. But <laughs> it is definitely an interesting uh, comparison. And I think Milo Murphy's Law is underrated. Oh, yeah. I, like... 100%. Well, for one thing, I don't... I didn't even know it existed and it was connected to Phineas and Ferb until after both seasons had aired on Disney Channel. When did it come out? Because I don't really know when I got into it. I think Katie showed it to me, though. Well, I had ended up showing it. I had I showed it to Katie. Well, then maybe I, I saw it. Uh, that, well, then when did you, when'd you show it to her? Because that probably was when I found it. Probably like 2019, 2020, somewhere in there. Hmm. So... Sarah still hasn't seen the whole thing, which I don't think she has. We might have watched it all the way through. I'm not sure, but it's it's so good. She needs to watch it. Okay, so 2016 to 2019. 
Oh, wow, that's older than I thought it would have been. Yeah. Do they still only have two seasons? Yeah. It's only two, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah I, I mean, mean, underrated. Did, did that... And I, you said 2016. I don't, I don't, time, it's 2023, and I thought it was, you know, like 2015 a minute ago. I don't really know what year it is, but, um, I'm not entirely sure when Disney Plus came out. Was this like a Disney Plus exclusive show, or did it come out on, like, on Disney Channel? No, it was actually Disney Channel. It was Disney Channel? Okay. I haven't watched Disney Channel in years, so, you know, it's, it's not something I would have known, but uh, I guess it just didn't do well on there. That's because nowadays mm-hmm. kids just like stupid slapstick humor. Maybe not all of them. Some kids shows are actually good, but. Well. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, let's, let's jump back into Finney's Ferb. So. <clears throat> Well, one thing I kind of mm-hmm. want to ask you about is: Are there any like episodes to you that like stand out as like ones you can remember, ones you like? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I'd say uh, I do like the one like I was mentioning earlier where they are shipped off to boot camp. I think that's fun. I think it's you know because it's different, it's it's kind of a fun one. Um, another one that's like really different um, is when. Uh, they are like it's like a fairy tale world and uh and I don't know if it starts off the episode like this or you find out later on, but it uh Carl is reading a story to Major Monogram because Major Monogram's sick. But it, it's like, you know, it's completely different mm-hmm. than I mean like it, the, the basic formula is the same, you know, Phoenix and Ferb go on an adventure and Candace is trying to stop them and Doofenshmirtz and Perry are having their but it's like it's still a little bit different you know and i think those episodes are nice uh fun you know a little bit different than the normal uh formula um other than that like like, there's not really any ones that like specifically stand out to me like i like obviously i like all the songs the songs are great um correct me if i'm wrong is is it a, a is it a movie or is the uh summer never ends that last is that the last uh, episode, couple episodes of the series, where they're racing around the world, or is that a movie? No, that's a special. That was like I forget when uh what a uh, season that was in. That wasn't that was not the end of the series. The last okay. um because of course the the last episode of the series was that uh backdoor pilot um the Alka files the Alka files. Um. Yeah, but I'm saying like of Phoenix and Ferb. The. Hold on, let me just get on. Let me just get on Disney Plus. <clears throat> the easiest way to do it. Um. Yeah. Because like those those episodes are are fun. Um, mm-hmm. a little bit different, and you know, um. Obviously, the Aglet episode is great because now I know what an Aglet is. So a whole entire generation because knows of what this, an aglet is because of yes, because of the yes. show we know what yeah what an aglet is mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that's actually kind of a um become kind of a like internet meme like you know 
Only, only kids who watched Phineas and Ferb know what uh, an aglet is. And my laptop is being slow. Probably because I'm trying to run. Like, I have like 10 browser pages open. I'm running OBS and I'm running Discord, so. <laughs> yeah, um, I, uh, I have a second monitor set up and I disconnected it because I was like, I don't want my laptop to crash again. Hmm. Um, here. Okay. I ha- I have less things I need on my my end. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. Phineas and Ferb. Phineas and Ferb. Phineas and Ferb. <clears throat> okay, so now the, the last episode is like actually like of a um like actual funniest and Ferb is the one where like the Groundhog Day episode with Candace where she's like reliving the same mm. day over and over again. That that's one of the I'd season. I know it if I saw it. I don't. I, I haven't watched all the season four ones as much because <clears throat> when season four was coming out, I wasn't. I didn't really watch Disney Channel. Like pretty much all season, like one, two, and three, yeah. were coming out when I was wa- actually watching Disney Channel. Um, I went. I'd gone back and watched it on Netflix and Disney Plus uh, later on season four, but that that one I didn't watch it as much. Like I didn't watch it on. Like actual Disney Channel, mm-hmm. um. But yeah, that's that's the one. Uh, the one. What's up? Go ahead. Nah, I was uh, gonna say I'm I'm about to look at it to see if uh, if I can recognize it or not. But. Mm. So yeah, anyway, summer can, belongs you to you. Summer belongs to you, which is the one you were talking about. Is mm-hmm. the season, pretty much the season two finale. Huh? You know, I'm I'm not gonna be a uh, lot here. I've seen the Phineas and Ferb like Star Wars stuff, and I've seen these last couple episodes here, uh, episode twenty nine thirty, and I've seen the two Star Wars ones. Last day of summer, part one and part two. I'm not sure if I've seen those before, but mm-hmm. I've seen some of the Alcophiles, so. Maybe I have, and I'm just not remembering uh, it based I'm off of. Sh- the... I'm sure you. I'm sure you've seen them. It's you're probably just not remembering them, but I'm sure you've seen them. Yeah. I can't call myself a true face of fur fan. <laughs> no, yeah, it's fine. I know what an act mm-hmm. is. That's all you really need. <laughs> yeah. But, so uh... let's talk about this though, um, real quick. So, face and fur are not biological brothers. They are um uh married into so so yeah stepbrothers that's what I was looking for. Uh Flynn Fletcher is the dad and mom is the mom. Um I can't remember what her name is. I'm Lindana and I wanna have fun. L- L- so I guess Lindana. L- um 
Linda Flynn and Lawrence Fletcher. Yeah. So, um, you know, but Phoenix's, uh, with, uh, Linda and Ferb is with, uh, Flynn and Candace is whatever. Candace, Candace and Phineas are biological brother and sister. Just, yeah. So let's ask this because it's never discussed. Where, who's the father of Phineas and Ferb? And Lindana was a pop star. Could it have possibly been something to do with that? The life she wants to forget. If you also look at it, you, it, it, to get away from some of the you know thoughts of that, which obviously there's reasons they're not introduced in the show. Um, <clears throat> Like, you know, possibilities of what could have happened wrong, because even if you just get into the realm of divorce or even death, it's just not something you really want to bring up in a kid's show. Um, but that aside, you know, we do see in the um, in it's the dream episode um, where they get sent off to boot camp. Uh, Stacy sings the song Little Brothers, and it shows when Phineas and Ferb first met and they're pretty young. I don't quite remember, but, you know, they, they, they might have been in diapers. I'm not entirely sure. But they're pretty young. Now, obviously, this is all just Candace's imagination, but I would assume that they probably still were pretty young when they met, you know? So it's like, you know, hmm, what's the... Is Doofensmirch the father? I mean, you know, there's a bunch of different things to think here. <laughs> so, <clears throat> with, with the whole Doofensmirch thing, like, you know, we're, we're, we're not gonna just, uh, I'm not going to talk about the fact that, you know, in the series, you know, Linda and Doofenshmirtz actually go on a date. Yeah. But at the end of that, uh, when Doofenshmirtz is telling the story, Rock at the bottom. end of, at the end of that story, yeah, he's like, he says, you know, and then I never saw her again. And that was their first date. So, yeah. you know, Can- Candace I mean, and yeah, Phineas they, they are biological, say- are biological brother and sister. So, you know, and there's a, substantial gap in their time in time or not substantial but there's, yeah, you know several year gap in the t- in the time there yeah well i mean they well, obviously did that so that there is no theories about them actually being him actually being the father you know well and, um, and also the fact that uh you know dan dan pavenmeyer the creator of the show actually mm-hmm. debunked that on tiktok so yeah you know. so the, what because i don't know if they I, I would assume they probably didn't really talk too much about this you know because it's not something that's ever addressed in the show and it's never something that really needs to be addressed in the show um like first episode of Phoenix and Ferb Phoenix and Ferb are brothers that's all you know you know you don't really you know it doesn't come until later in the series that you find out that they aren't actually you know biological so I wonder if it was ever a thing that they like thought up of oh yeah this is what happened this is the backstory this is why you know this is where Phineas and Ferb you know this is their father this is um Ferb's mother like I wonder if that was ever a thought that they actually talked about you know or if it was just something that's like yeah well you know this is how we have it don't need to question it too much it's a kid's show Mm -hmm. you know yeah I know you watched more of his videos so I didn't know if you had ever come across one that discussed that or i don't think i don't think he actually has a or he's never talked about having an actual theory Mm -hmm. of who um who they were or who who, you know who uh 
Thanates and Candace's biological father was and who Ferb's mom was. Um, mm-hmm. Although he did make a joke in one of those videos where he's debunking the Doofenshmirtz being Thanates' father thing. He did make a joke about that, but he basically saying, you know, like, you know, everyone's so concerned about who Phineas' dad is, but no one asks who's Ferb's mom. Yeah. I mean, that really is the thing is like, I don't know why, but it feels more important to find out who, who Phineas and Candace's mo- uh, dad is more than it feels like it needs to be known who Ferb's mom is, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily know why. It just. Also, you do think about this too. Um,. And this is another reason why it's a kid's show. You can't overthink some of this. But they show, I think they show flashbacks, right? From um, when uh, uh, they met back at um, the, what's the, the band called? Um, Love, Love Handle. Handle. Yep. When, they meet, when they meet at the Love Handle concert, they're still pretty young. Now, obviously, not mm-hmm. not like they couldn't have had kids at that point. But, you know, what, had they already gone through divorces or deaths or something like that to, you so, know, be in that situation? <clears throat> so, Dan, actually, Dan Pogmer actually addressed that on TikTok, too. Okay, go for it. Go for it. Tell me okay, what's up. so, basically, he was saying, like, um, in the time period, so this was only, like, that scene you mentioned earlier when uh, mm-hmm. Ferb is introduced to the family. Yeah. That was only, like, th- this, the Love Handle concert was only, like, a couple months before then. Uh, the reason mm. they look so much younger is because they're dressed like you would go to a band. Like, they're not dressed in their normal, you know, like, everyday clothes. They're dressed like they were would be to go to a band. And since Love Handle's kind of like an 80s band, that's why they're dressed in, like, 80s clothing. Mm. Okay. Honestly, feels like that's a uh, answer to clarify why they did that, even though they probably didn't think about it in the moment. But oh, who no, knows? No, no. I, I mean, they, I they doubt could... they did. But, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Also, like you know, people who ask him about things, like he has to figure out so people can be satisfied. You know, things it, it, even if they did think about it, you know, in the time, like you know, this is a kids' show. One way or another, it's a kids' show. Certain things don't have to be questioned, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not it's not meant for that, you know. Despite the fact that, yes, I already asked the questions, you know. Mm-hmm. They're not meant to be answered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, no, who's no, Perry's no. mother? I mean, we don't know. <laughs> now, another thing I want to talk about. We're still talking about the um thing of uh, theories too. Now this is another theory that Dan has debunked, but I want I want to I want to hear your opinion on it. Have you heard the theory about um the fact that like the whole show is in Candace's head that she is a like you know basically mentally insane. She mm-hmm. she does not have little brothers. She's just imagining everything that or no, I think the theory is that Phineas and Ferb died. And she's imagining all them like designing all this fantastical stuff, and that's like the pretty much the whole show is in her head. Yeah, I I have heard that theory, like at least in passing. Like you explained it, I I've heard it before. Um, I don't really see much evidence for it. I might need the theory broken down more as to why people think that, but you know, 
if it's already been debunked by the creator, then it doesn't really, yeah, you know, need need much in depth. I mean, I don't, I don't really see it. Like, I don't see why how how that theory, besides someone being like, "Hey, here's a crazy thought," you know, and it is so. Yeah, I like you said. Since Dan's already debunked it, I don't really think there's mm-hmm. much of a you know re- reason to think about that. But uh, now one I mean, thing. Do they have, do they have actual like reasons? Do they have actual reasons for it, or is it just like a crazy theory that's going around? As far as I can tell, it's just a crazy theory that's going around. Like, okay. like okay, at least with the Doofenshmirtz being Phineas's dad theory. I will give that that credit that there is some credibility because obviously, um, you know, Linda and Doofenshmirtz knew each other, so there's mm. that. And the fact that, like, one another thing that people point to is, you know, um, the fact, like you were talking about, Doofenshmirtz is whether he portrays it or not, he is at least somewhat smart. He is an in, he is mm-hmm. does have an engineering mindset, and Phineas also has that. So that's yeah. another thing a lot of people point to. So I can and I can understand that kind of kind of triangle she heads. Yeah, that's the right shape. Yeah. So I I can I can understand that theory more so <laughs> than the other one. Um, yeah. But again, Ow. you know, there, there's. There's stuff in the show that doesn't that does not make that possible. So, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, what were you saying? Um, I wanted to to because I was kind of curious about their ages in the show because they never mm-hmm. in the show they never explicitly say how old Phineas and Ferb and Candace and all of them are. Mm-hmm. Now. I didn't. I couldn't figure it out with Candace, but I did figure it out. So, with Phineas and Ferb, in the original pitch, they were supposed to be nine. Mm-hmm. Original pitch for the show, they were supposed to be nine. But by the time that they made the pilot and stuff, they had uh, or Dan and Swampy had kind of changed their idea of that. They didn't want to actually say how old they were, so more or kids from more ages could kind of like, I guess, put themselves in those shoes. Yeah. Um. So later on, they said that they they were younger than fifteen. But they seem like they're probably younger than about twelve too. But there's an episode where do you remember the episode where they go into the future and then it's really like most of the episodes about future Candace going back to the past to try to bust Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in that episode, they go twenty. They they say that they, they explicitly was mentioned that they go twenty years into the future, and then their mm-hmm. mom, at the end of the episode, their mom from the future, makes a comment about because uh, you know like young Candace finally or, you know uh, meets you know older Linda, and they you know basically she basically is trying to get her to bust Phineas and Ferb, and uh, you know Linda from the future is basically like, well you know. I don't have jurisdiction over these guys anymore. My Phineas and Ferb are 30 years old. Yeah. So, twenty if they're 20 years into the future, that means Phineas and Ferb are 10 years old in the show. And I feel like that fits. You know, that fits. Yeah. But you also have to look at this. Um, and I don't know what season it is, uh, so I don't have an actual thing. But there is an episode about Candace 
getting her permit for her driver's mm-hmm. license or permit or whatever. So I don't know what state they're supposed to technically be from, but you could probably do that. She's probably somewhere between 13 and 15 throughout the show's, um, you know, running as she gets older, you know, closer to 15, 16 years old for. Ah. I would probably say Candace and Stacy. Candace, Stacy, and Jeremy, I think, are the same age. Jeremy might, might be a little bit old, older, but Candace and Stacy are like 14, 15. Uh, mm-hmm. Jeremy is probably around 15, and I think mm-hmm. uh, Vanessa is probably 16. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So Vanessa and Ferb. Yeah, so that, that's why I wouldn't say if Vanessa's like. Because Vanessa definitely like seems older than Candace, but well, I wouldn't how put her old, that much older. Because well, let's talk about this though. <laughs> how old do you think? Um, what's his name? Uh, Major Monogram's son is. Because mm. that romantic thing, he's at least he, eighteen. Because he does seem older. Yeah, I mean, okay, he could okay, maybe so, okay. be seventeen. He could maybe okay. be seventeen, but I feel like that's like it. Mm. Okay, so let, let's I let's I, say. I, I, go ahead. Let's let's just say he's seventeen and leave it at that. It's a kids show. We're not supposed to think this hard about it. <laughs> some characters because, are tall. Some characters are short. That's all you need to also, know. Because I also don't really feel comfortable pulling <laughs> Vanessa's age up any higher because of her and for her. Because okay, let's say exactly. Fur, Phineas and Ferb are probably eighteen in that last in the um, you know actor age when it jumps to the future when Vanessa and Ferb are dating. So Vanessa's probably mm-hmm. only like twenty four, and Ferb's eighteen. Yeah, which still at that age is kind of a bigger gap. But you know, um, yeah, He's so I, I would, his age. I don't know. <laughs> like okay, you know like. We give it a couple years it's not really that weird but still like right there it's it's weird yeah oh yeah well that will lead yeah. great into what we're going to talk about later but uh poof <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of oh. kind of anyways not exactly the same but yeah oh not 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 really the same but it's uh anyways it's a kid's show don't think too hard it doesn't have to make <sighs> that much sense but uh no yeah no, no, it does um, not. No, it does not. But I, I would be, I would be curious where um, Dan Pavenlier would put their ages. Yeah, he probably put him someplace, and then you'd bring up that uh, major monogram son thing, and he'd be like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> Honestly, he probably, he probably has, he's probably years ahead on all mm-hmm. of us. He's like, "No, nah, I got it all figured out. Here's but, how it's all, it's all okay." But like I said, I know at least the kids are ten. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, yeah. they're all kids. They're all kids, but the, the, you know, like Phineas, Ferb, Isabella, mm-hmm. like all, all their friends are ten. That's, yeah, that's where I'd put that. But um, yeah. So, so where do they get the budget? Are they just using mom and dad's credit card, or do they have a lot of money saved up, or Believe it are or they not. stealing a lot of stuff? <laughs> Believe it Is there not, a canon answer for this? That too. Dan all actually right. answered that let too me, on TikTok. Let me know. Let me know what's up. <laughs> so okay, so. In, uh, now, okay, this again kind of feels like Dan is just like 
coming up with an answer that people would be satisfied with. Like after Most of the time it is. But okay. Basically what he says is in the first episode, the roller coaster episode, mm-hmm. Phineas makes the comment to Ferb that they should have charged more. So they charged mm. for the roller coaster. And then Dan said that they, that they took that money that they charged for the roller coaster and invested it. And then their investments matured, and that's what they used to fund the rest of their summer. <clears throat> I mean, I, I, th- they, I think I've heard I that don't before. Know where they got, I don't know where they got the money to build the roller coaster in the first place, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... I've heard that one before, and yeah, usually it glosses over where they got the money for the roller coaster. But you know what? It's a kid's show. I think we're way overthinking this kid's show, but but you know what? It's okay. It's okay. That's the point of this podcast, is to overthink everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... We're, we're a much more mild, we're a much more mild version of uh, MatPat, because... We're not crushing people's dreams. We're just making them, th- or not dreams, their childhoods. We're just making them rethink certain things. Mm. Well, I also <clears> just <throat> want to get everything just, like straight in my head, you know, where all this stuff fits in. You can't, you can't straighten this out in your head if everything else in your head's not straight. So, true. very true, very true. Now, yeah. one thing I also do want to talk about come over here. One thing I also do want to talk about, too, is... uh, And we, we've talked about this before in the past, too, but... Mm-hmm. Since we're talking about Phineas and Ferb, I want to talk about the theme song. And specifically, mm-hmm. Bowling for Soup. Which is the band Before we get to that... that Go ahead. I was gonna say, before, we get to, before we get to the band, um, I had it mentioned, or in one of Matt Pat's videos, I had it mentioned... 104 days of summer vacation. Who has 104 days of summer vacation? Not only that. He said in his, he said in his research that the most that he ever saw for like a, a school district was like 90. So that's close, but that's like, you know, 14 days off, 104 days, yeah. 14 not days off. That, not only <laughs> that, there's like a, not only that, there's like 130 episodes of Phineas Ferb. Well, uh, there's that funny uh, moment where they kind of uh, where Doofenshmirtz says something about, um, man, I just feel like this summer keeps going on and on and on. <laughs> but now, this... okay, so you, you, I do want to get to Bowling for Soup, but if you think about this, how many episodes actually take place during the summer? Because there are a couple specials that take place during the winter. I think there might be a Halloween special or two here and there. Those could take place during the summer, but how many actually take place during the summer? Do they actually have 104 episodes that are summer? That's a good question because I have not done my research on that. That's a good question. <laughs> but also, David, one thing compile, you do... compile the evidence and get back to me. But also, one thing you have to think about Go ahead. too is there's okay. So there are 132 episodes of Phoenix and Ferb. There are mm-hmm. a bunch of specials, but there's also a lot of the regular episodes are two episodes. This is just yeah. counting both those episodes as one. So there's at least 200 stories in Phineas and Ferb. Around 200. So you also have to think about that. Now, some of them could have taken place on the same day, because some of those you know, some of those uh, pairs 
did play, t- did take place at the same time. Some <laughs> of them are like in the evening, which it could be the same day as some of the other ones. Um, but for the most part, there are you know a lot of a lot of the regular episodes <laughs> seem to be two different days. Yeah. Well, also you have to think about this too. They always talk about how they essentially like do one thing a day. Like, what are we gonna do today? Like, that's that's mm. the thing for each episode. Like, it's always <clears throat> it always acts like a new day. You know. Yeah. Um. So I think it's pretty safe to say that if you were to count every single episode as one day, you'd you'd be pretty pretty safe in doing so. But we have to see how many of those take place in the summer specifically. Mm-hmm. Also, it technically I, I guess it's not like you know, there there can be multiple summers. Like it's not like it's it's fashioned as if it's all the same like they're all all at one time but it technically could be you know the next year's summer or whatever but it's a cartoon we're not supposed to think that much about it eventually we're gonna have to stop saying this <laughs> yeah yeah so bowling for soup makes yeah, me hungry so bowling for soup did the Phineas and Ferb theme and the uh Jimmy Neutron theme those are like the two like kids kids show theme song or like the only like theme songs they did, but the, okay, Bowling for Soup is a punk rock band. If you've uh, never listened to any of their music besides like the Phineas and Ferb intro song or the Jimmy Neutron intro song, <clears throat> it's very shocking because like you you think of this and like you think of I'm not gonna eat. say. I'm not going to say the name of the song, but I remember the first song you showed me from them, and it was, oh, oh boy, was it shocking. Yeah, because, okay, you'd think a band that has, like, these kinds of songs, like, these kinds of gigs, you know, playing, like, intros to kids' TV shows would be more kid-friendly, but no, they're, uh, if if you decide to look to look that band up after this episode, expect a lot of language. I'm just gonna say yeah. that. Um, yeah. I mean, okay. If you, if you like punk rock, if they're 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 pretty good. But as far as uh, like you know, language, like I said, it's kind of. Uh, if you want your childhood ruined, maybe don't look them up. But I still like. Phineas and Ferb after having listened to them. I mean, I like the band. I think it's, I think it's like the, they, what they have is fun. Like it's fun music, mm-hmm. but, um, but it is, it is a hundred percent. It's shocking. Cause you're just like, mm-hmm. like you said, it's a kid's show. It's a kid's intro. You're like this, this, and, and, uh, did they, did they do some of the songs throughout the series too? Uh, I know they have an extended version of the Phineas and Ferb song. I didn't know if maybe they did some other ones, but nonetheless, um... they're still, still a kid's show. That they're doing, the, and they are not kid friendly. The lead singer, or yeah, the lead singer of Love Handle was voiced by the lead singer of Bowling for Soup, so he sang all the Love Handle songs. Okay. Two, but uh, yeah. Um, like I said, I, when I when I first looked at it, cause I'm just like, uh, I, I'd seen that. I'm just like, uh, that you know. I think I was on Spotify and I'd seen the you know, Phineas and Ferb theme 
and it was credited you know bowling for soup so yeah i'll I'll look and see what else kind of other songs they have and yeah that (laughs) you're sitting there you're like eyes wide open as it just yeah, because like I, I was, I was, I was not expecting that you know that as their yeah. <clears throat> it's yeah. fun. Anyone go? Anyone who's listening to this, go look them up. They're fun. It's 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 a fun time. I mean, you know, it may I, not I, be for I, you, I think we've, but I think we've given adequate warning for anyone who looks that up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You've been warned. You you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah. So David. Do you have anything else to add about Phineas and Ferb, the TV show, if we're going to come back to the second dimension at a later date? Well, I mean, I've got a bunch of, like, unconnected, like, facts, factoids about the show. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how much of this you actually want to hear. <laughs> you know, like, how much... Fact one! Gonna... What's fact you just one? Give me, you just gave me flashbacks to the skit we did. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> All right, David. Treat it like that. Treat it like that. Uh, that video that we did. Okay, the thirty facts in two minutes or something like that. Uh, so, right, compose yourself. And then, uh, what's the first fact? So, okay. So you know, Fenty's and Ferb is set in Danville, which is in the tri-state area. Mm-hmm. But Danville is also in Marsh County. They mentioned mm-hmm. that. I don't. I don't know when they mentioned that in the show, but it, <clears throat> it, it might just be in like throwaway gags and like signs and stuff or whatever. But um, of course, Danville is named after Dan Pavenmeyer, and Marsh County mm-hmm. is named after Jeff Marsh, the co-creator. You know. Yeah. Um. Cool. Back to. <laughs> you, you're gonna make me do this. Trying to make it more interesting. <laughs> yeah, my, how, many, how, many, how many facts do you have? I, I don't want to do one and you don't have a fact. I don't want to look like an idiot. That's kind of hard. You know that, right? Alright, whatever. Back to... Sorry for spiking the mic. <laughs> well, you know, um... <clears throat> uh, Dan, Dan Pogmire, actually... Worked on a lot of shows before Phineas and Verb. Like he, you know, Dan Pavenmeyer wrote the Campfire Song song from SpongeBob. I did know that. I did yeah. know that. That well, that that kind of makes sense because like you think about all the songs in, in Phineas and Verb, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't actually know what uh, Swampy did before Phineas and Verb. But yeah, fact three. Fact three. <laughs> All right, let me see. Yeah, let me I'm, I'm, I'm asking. All right, so we're out of facts now. Let me try to think of one. But after fact three, that's it, right? Sure, sure. I mean, if you have more, that's fine. I just need to intro you. This is David Harley with facts about Phineas and Ferb. For starters, we start off with fact one. And I go into, now, fact two. And I go, and on to fact three. And if we keep going, I'll be like, 
And then there was four facts. But I, you know, I had to keep, I had to keep going unless I don't, I won't look like an idiot saying stuff like that if you don't have facts to, because then I, then I just promise stuff that we don't, we can't fulfill on because, you know, you, you didn't tell me. <clears throat> you know, rambling? Mostly. <laughs> Do you have a fact? <laughs> I don't know. I was going to see if you were done rambling. I'm also I can ramble for as I can ramble for as long as you need. Just hold up three <laughs> fingers whenever you figure out what the third fact is. <laughs> well, did you I know see Perry movement? Pla- did you know Perry the Platypus oh. and all the clone troopers on Clone Wars were voiced by the same person? I don't think I did. D. Bradley Baker voiced both. Hmm. <clears throat> Isn't there something about Pay the Platypus with um how like uh something with the fact that he's turquoise or the bluish color, you know? Um and how oh, like Oh. I think I know what yeah. you're talking about. So um so yeah, From the Oh, and... it sounds like yes you do. Continue. <laughs> but um, you know, Dan is talking talking about that on his TikTok about how uh, he has got he had a lot of he has a lot of people asking him like you know why did you color the platypus teal? Mm. You know, platypuses aren't teal; they're they're, they're brown. But uh, yes, they are. They're teal, David. They're teal. Yes, I'm getting to that. No, but they're teal. No, like, actually, I'm, I'm, too. Anyways, I'm go ahead. To that. Don't shatter that. my dreams. Well, I'm getting to that, okay? So, um... We'll get to it faster. <laughs> so, yeah, he colored, he colored it teal because he thought it looked cool. But mm-hmm. back in, like, 2020 or 2021, scientists figured out that platypus is... Platypeople? Platypi? Platypi. Platypi. Whatever you want to call them. Platy people. The world may never know. Uh, but that platypi glow uh, green under ultraviolet light. He's ahead of his time. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, but, I mean, I see teal platypi, platy people, platypus... All the time. Uh-huh. Don't Do shatter my ul- dreams, David. Do you see an ultraviolet? I see you. David, if it made sense, I don't think it'd be on this podcast, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least oh, not yeah. this portion of it. True. True. Very true. Alright. Is there anything... Do you have any more fun facts that I need to announce uh, for Phoenix and Ferb? No, I don't think so. Unless you want me okay, to come cool. up with some more, but... No. I'd rather you not just sit there and twiddle your thumbs while your brain is frying itself. 
I mean, at least crack an egg on it so that smell is. We can have. Yeah, at least crack an egg on it so you can at least have something to eat after the fact. It's called brain food. I don't. Okay, let's just move on to what's new with you. What's new? What's new with you? What's new? What's new with you? What's new? What's new with you? Yeah! What, David? What's new with you? Well, I think we can also we can uh, just bring up the fact that what's new with you or what's new with you is kind of new with us because we haven't done one in like two weeks. Yeah, we really haven't. It's not much is new, but <clears throat> anyways, because uh, I don't feel like we did much. If we did one, we didn't do much of one on the Rogue One podcast, and we didn't end mm-hmm. up getting to one last week because we talked about community for two hours somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's kind of crazy, but, um, anyways, so David, what's new with you? What's, what's going on in your life? Um, well, there's, uh, several things I wanted to talk about, because like I said, we <laughs> haven't talked in the, thought, I don't know what's new with you in a while. Um, so, not this past weekend, but the weekend before last, which as of recording this <laughs> would have been three weekends ago. Uh, my brother Robert and I, who was on last on podcast last weekend, uh, or last Monday, uh, went to go see Sound of Freedom. And that, that's what you... I have... Hmm? Yeah, I have not seen this movie. Um, I've done research into basic the basic plot of it all. I've heard enough about it. But um, if you want to do any diving into it, you can uh, <clears throat> head that up. Well, I don't want to get... I don't want to dive too much into it because uh, we we try we try to keep our podcast more lighthearted. And obviously, this is not a lighthearted mm-hmm. movie at all. No, but it's it's a based on a true story about rescuing kids from human traffickers. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, like I said. I don't really want to get too much into it because I want to try to keep this more lighthearted but go support this movie it's it's a great movie it it's very inform i don't know informative i don't know if that's how i put it but it's very powerful just go see it if one who has not sorry sorry i don't i didn't want to interrupt you on that but it is it is hard Sometimes with the delay and stuff, but what I was gonna say was, as someone who has not seen it, um, you know, I I I don't have a whole lot of time to go see movies, um, so I may not see it in theaters, but it is something that needs to be supported. Um, from what I've looked into, um, any bad reviews on the movie have more to do with the actors, which is stupid. Like you, you can't just go out and say a movie's bad because you don't like the actor's political views, which is mostly what I've seen. Um, because it is a serious issue, the 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 premise of the movie. It was a uh, based on a true story, and you know, as much as we like to live in our, you know, perfect world where our lives pretty much go about the same day to day. 
there are people who are really affected by a lot of really bad things in the world, and this is one of them, you know. And I'm not entirely sure, you know. I, I think this, you know, what, going in support of this movie really just brings awareness to it. I think is really the the you know the biggest thing with this. But like you know, it needs to be brought up because there is a lot of evil in the world, and you know, if if we're if we're blind to it, it it's gonna get worse. So mm-hmm. yeah, and that that's why I said like this movie's like I said it it is a like I barely had the stomach to watch this movie, but it's. Mm-hmm. It's an important. It's important to know all of this stuff because, like, and, and this is one of the things because, like, I, you know, obviously I knew this stuff went on, but like, just watching this movie kind of put it more into perspective, more real, <clears throat> because it is, you know, it is real, and that's why I said like this movie is, it's really raising awareness is what it's for. But yeah, I would say if you can go watch this movie, go support this movie. It's an excellent movie for what for what it's trying to do for you know raising awareness for this kind of thing. Because like we said, yeah, there is a, there is a lot of darkness in this world, and that this movie is kind of raising awareness for that and mm-hmm. trying to shed light or <clears throat> be a light, be a beacon of hope too. Yeah. I think, you know, one thing in the, and you know, me and you and me have talked about this before, uh, where like we don't obviously want to get political on the show. And from what I've heard, it didn't it didn't sound like the movie was overly political. Like, I mean, it's talking about something that is just inherently wrong. Like, you know, it's it, it's not really something that's on uh, a side, you know, right or left. Like, it's just wrong. Everyone should think it's wrong, does think it's wrong. You know, no one's debating it. Um. But, uh, you know, we've talked about how we don't want to get political on here. We want to keep things lighthearted. We want to keep things, you know, uh, fun so everyone can watch it and have fun with us. Um, that being said, though, I know you, we've talked about this before where when it comes to kids, there's no messing around with that. You, neither one of us agree with anything done with the realm of kids. If you're mistreating a kid you're you're in the wrong and we're always going to be against that you know and this has to do a lot it has to do with you know the wrong full treatment of kids and that needs to be you know our neither one of us are parents right but it doesn't take a genius to know that kids are precious and that need they need to i mean you know you think about it like a baby is can't protect itself. A kid can't protect itself. You know, sometimes David, you and me can't protect ourselves. But you know, we're we're past that point. You know, kids need to be protected, and the world that we live in shouldn't be constantly the thing that's attacking them. Like, and you understand what I'm saying that by that. You know, like there are obviously things in the world that are going to affect kids. And not everyone can be protected by parents or family or whatever. Um, but like, it shouldn't be something that every like kids should have to deal with, like stuff like this. Kids should not have to deal with this stuff, you know. And there's some kids in the world that that 
have to and do. And yeah, you know, we're talking about this. We want to bring awareness to this movie so that people can. I mean, I know not many people listen to this podcast, but that movie needs to be supported. Awareness needs to bring be brought about this because when it comes to kids, you you don't need to mess with that. Like they need to be kids. They need to grow up, and they don't need to experience the world and how evil it is before that. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, basically some of all this, like I said, I would urge I already said this, but I would urge anyone to go see this movie, go support this movie, because the message this movie's trying to mm-hmm. you know, get out is very important. So if if you can, if you have the stomach to do it, go watch the movie. It's it is very heavy. I'll give a warning for that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if you have the stomach to do it, go watch the movie. Go support the movie. It's This message needs to get out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Well, we don't normally get that. I don't uh, really... I don't know how to come back to this. Um, I, was, I don't really know how to transition, but um, we probably should transition somehow because... I don't think that's how we want to leave this this pod going. I mean, we've had it's been a pretty fun one with with uh, Phoenix and Ferb. It got a little heavy there, so I don't yeah. know. We we can maybe just say that we're 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 done with that little segment there, and we're gonna move somehow into a new one mm-hmm. of whatever whatever else is new with David. Oh, you don't have anything new with you. Ah. Uh... I went and saw Barbie. Oh, you didn't go see Oppenheimer? No, Sarah wanted to see Barbie, and I wasn't fighting. I wanted to see it, too. I mean, I want to see Oppenheimer, but, like, she wanted to see Barbie, and I was like, I want to see Barbie, so I was like, let's go see Barbie. It was a good movie. No, no, okay. Let me ask this. From the trailers, (laughs) it seems Mm -hmm. like it's basically just the Lego movie. Like the, you know, eh, kind of like the, the toy really. getting into reality. So, uh, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Barbie that but plans to and cares. Um, so, essentially, uh, and I was listening to a podcast earlier today that was talking about this. They compared Barbie to Anchorman. And they said, in Anchorman, there's a lot of things that, like don't really make sense like okay when when the two crews fight why do they just meet up in a random alley and start fighting each other doesn't really make sense you know but but it makes sense for the movie that's kind of how this is there's not a whole lot of things that are explained it's just it makes sense for the movie and you're supposed to accept it and that's fine um but essentially what happens is uh barbie land um is this own little heart-shaped area on the world map. And it is its own area. And then then there's the real world. So there's a series of events you have to go through to get to the real world from Barbie Land and then Barbie Land, or from the real world to Barbie Land. Back and forth. There's a, there's a series of events. Um, so, anyways, Barbie goes to the real world because she's starting to have thoughts of depression and death 
And she's like, well, this isn't this isn't normal. So she goes to what they call weird Barbie, who is Barbie who has been played with too hard. Um, and she tells her that um, she needs to go to the real world and find out who's playing with her and who's pushing thoughts of depression on her. Because apparently there's like a doll for every bar. I mean, like Margot Robbie, who's the main character in the it, it doesn't quite make sense because like you know barbie comes to the real world but there's still technically a doll for her and it's not mentioned in this she goes to a specific girl uh it tends it actually ends up being her mom but she goes to this specific family uh a, a girl and her mom but margot robbie who plays traditional barbie like everyone has traditional Barbie. Like you know, in in the in when Barbie was coming out, like more than one person had that Barbie. So that part doesn't really make much sense. But you're not supposed to think that hard into it. But anyways, her her point is that she's supposed to, um, uh, fix that problem because you know, as long as this person who's playing with her in the real world has thoughts of death and depression. She's gonna have that in Barbie Land, so that's kind of the pushing part of the movie. Um, and then her and Ken go to the real world. Ken learns about patriarchy, and uh, because so Barbie Land is run by all the Barbies. So the Ken, Ken, all Kens of all kinds are background. Like they're just background. They're basically just there. Um, and so the message of the movie was basically like, you know, in Barbie land, women rule the world and men are the background characters. And in real world, sometimes it's flipped. Uh, now for us, feminism, fi feminist as a like strong that, that that sounds, it didn't really come across too preachy in, in one area or, the, or another. Um, my thought on it is that at the end of the movie, it kind of seemed like. The message was, you know, uh, you you don't need to be putting really anyone down because everyone's important, you know? <laughs> like, you know, at the beginning of the movie, Ken's in the background. By the end of it, you know, he's like, he's trying to be his own person, and he, you know, they, they, they maybe start trying to treat the Ken's better a little bit, just a little bit, you know? You're never going to watch the movie. I know that. But it's a fun, it's a it's a, it's a fun com comedic movie. Like it is, it is a fun watch, and you don't really have to know anything about Barbie to enjoy it. Um, <clears throat> you know, I wore my my Barbie pink shirt, and I went and saw the movie, and I enjoyed myself. And um, you know, for as political as it would seem that a movie like that could get. I mean, it didn't really come across like that. So, it's not going to be for everyone, but I thought it was good. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. I'm, and I'm like, probably not going to see that, so that's that's the most I'm going to get to that movie. But uh... Yeah. I mean, the, the end plot of the movie is that when Ken learns about patriarchy, he comes back to Barbie land and basically takes over. And so then it's transitions from a society of men or women to men. And the rest of the movie is basically the Barbies 
retaking over and um then um Margaret Robbie's Barbie uh decides that she actually wants to become part of the real world as an actual person. Again, it doesn't have to make sense, it's just part of the movie. Uh-huh. How a doll can become become a real person. Um <clears throat> It was a good movie. I mean, I've seen it once, so me explaining the basic plot of it is not going to be the greatest thing in the world, but I liked it. <clears throat> I thought it was good. Hmm. Um, there probably, were times... Probably, there were time. Go ahead. You probably would have gotten more out of it if you'd gone to see uh, Oppenheimer right after. Or wait, is it supposed to be... Maybe. Are you supposed to watch Oppenheimer before or after? Uh, before because you're depressed with Oppenheimer and then you go see Barbie and it's supposed to be a little more lighthearted, which it actually wasn't as lighthearted as you would have thought at the end. So, another, obviously I already said spoiler warning for it. Um, at the end of it, uh, after the Barbies kind of take over, because um, you're following Margot Robbie's Barbie throughout this movie. So, it kind of seems like, you know, maybe... Barbie Land missed the message of the movie. But like Margot Robbie as Barbie, her character development is what you're supposed to follow in this in this movie. Um, but you know, in Barbie Land at the beginning of the movie, it shows like it's always perfect. Everything goes right, <clears throat> everything's great, there's no problems. Um, every night is girls' night, you know, like it's just perfect world. Um <clears throat> and then problems start to to set in. So Barbie obviously is a doll. As the movie goes on, she slowly starts to feel emotions, which she's never felt before. She starts crying at at one point. She's never done that before, you know. So it is kind of nice to see as she starts to really turn into a human, more or less, you know, from this made-up doll, you know, to some someone that now can feel and you know experience life basically um they have a character in it who is the creator of barbie and she um she uh kind of helps barbie mesh into the real world she's like hey there's like the scene where they're sitting standing there talking to each other they're holding each other's hands and it's kind of like just the white background room you know and um She's like, I, I want to be a human. And so they have this, like, kind of a semi-emotional scene where, um, you know, they're talking and there's some things said that, you know, can be seen as emotional and all. And then they have uh, a bunch of, like, flashes that Barbie's supposed to be seeing of, like, basically kids playing and, like, just the joys of life, basically, you know. And it's like, this is something that she's never felt before, but now she's she's able to experience. So... It wasn't all just laughs, but I mean, it's not going to make you cry, so, you know. And it's not going to make you feel probably depressed like Oppenheimer, but. Which, have you seen that? No, I haven't. Hers like three hours long or something? Oh, gosh. Mm. I've heard spoilers for it, but I mean, 
there's not I mean I don't really know necessarily what would be spoiled of it, but like just more about like the actual movie than like obviously what happens. Like we already well, know what happens. Isn't it a his, but like I would say isn't it like a <laughs> supposed to be like a historical fiction movie? Kind of like Yeah. So from what I've what I've heard, what I've heard Okay, and this is not saying I have not seen the movie. So if someone's listening to this and like, no, you idiot, that's not what happened. I'm sorry, I haven't seen it. From what I've heard, is like, uh, you know, it takes place in like three different time periods, more or less. It's like what happens before the nuke, the time while during the nuke or whatever, like while they're making it and all, and then uh, his life after the fact. Um. And so like, that's like the three stages of the movie. And so it's kind of like, I guess, a somewhat biography of his of his life or whatever. Um, I also heard that apparently some of the movie was shot in black and white. Hmm. Um, so as like kind a kind of a biopic. Yeah, from from what they were saying. I don't know if there was anything blatantly said as to why it was shot like that. But I think they said certain scenes are shot in black and white and certain scenes aren't. I think they said that, like, the ones that were shot in black and white were supposed to be, like, this is specifically what happened, I think. I'm not sure. I will give the movie a watch eventually. I just don't think that I'm going to end up watching it in movie theaters. Um, But it sounds like it's still going to do pretty well whether I go see it or not, so... So one thing I do want to talk about too is uh um Futurama. Oof. Oh, I didn't see that there the the Hulu ad for it. Yeah, Hulu brought back Futurama. And well when the, the day this episode the day this podcast episode comes out, the second episode will be up. The second Hulu episode will be up. I watched the first Have you... episode today. It, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, it was good. It was good. It, it felt like Futurama, but it mm-hmm. was so meta. It was like, it was so meta. Now, so, I but... have already, I have already seen the end of Futurama because that was the first thing that I watched of Futurama. If I were to jump ahead and watch what they're newly releasing, am I going to really miss much? Or I mean, I'm, I'm obviously going to watch the rest of it, but like, if I were to watch what's coming out now, is it going to be that big of a deal? Um, not really. Or at least this episode what, what didn't really have much of an impact. Um, basically, but the, the, the this whole episode made a, ton of jokes about like like the whole pretty much the whole episode was making fun of the fact that they brought back a tv show that had been canceled for 10 years has it been 10 years that's what they said in the show i'm actually not sure but it was futurama's last season in 2013 i know it's okay i know its first season was in 2000 2013 was 10 years ago Yes. David, you're blowing my mind over here. It's don't tell Katie cuz don't don't tell Katie, she'll feel old. Uh-huh. Um I knew she graduated somewhere around there. So. 
I think I was in sixth grade. Sixth grade! Sorry, I'm spiking the mic. But I was in, like, sixth grade last in two, last time it was 2013. Well, that makes sense. P- people don't come to this podcast for things to make sense. I actually don't know why people come to this podcast. Not gonna lie. Let us know at Down the Rabbit Trail, YT. And be sure to join us yep. next week on... Oh, David's going again. On a yeah, it's a, it ran from a uh, ninety nine to oh three on Fox. Then it ran from oh eight to twenty thirteen on Comedy Central. And then I forget how old the show is because like it's a cartoon, so like you don't really see. Well, okay, that. okay, okay. It, there's two things to it. One, it's a cartoon, and two, it's a futuristic setting. So. Mm-hmm. Technology, because like, okay, you look at The Simpsons or Family Guy, and like the early seasons, like they had like VHS tapes and flip phones and stuff. Now they have smartphones and they talk about streaming and all this stuff. So you know, you can mm-hmm. tell because it's a modern setting. You can tell when yeah. you know, when the episode came out. With Futurama, it's a futuristic setting. It, yeah. N- you know, none of this. Well, okay, you you can't because they do Although- make. They do make Although, 90, a lot Fry, of 90s and early 2000s jokes, but still, yeah. I, yeah, but I mean, also, Fry does, does it's, it's 99 to 2000, that New Year's is when he gets trapped in the capsule, right? Yeah, yeah. So, they do reference it in that, at least in that sense, but, you know, it's also like, like oh, it's in the future, so you don't really take much thought in that. I just forgot that it was that old. Is mm-hmm. all the original cast still around to do to do the roles? Um, I think so. I think because well, okay. I know Billy West came back. Um, does it at least pretty... sound like it's the original? I didn't. I didn't notice any voices uh, that were different. Um, it's a lot easier like, with I... uh voice acting because there there are some really good voice actors out there that can like do a voice and you think it's someone completely different. Like, um, uh, I was listening to a Star Wars podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, and they had on, um, the guy who voiced Obi-Wan from the Clone Wars, and I know in the Clone Wars series, he doesn't sound exactly like Ewan McGregor, but Mm. for the couple lines that he said on the podcast, if you were listening to it, the couple lines that he said in the Ewan McGregor voice sounded like Ewan McGregor. Like, he sounded not, I mean, you know, if you're just kind of listening to it, like, it sounded really close. And, like, a lot of times, like, those voice actors, they can say, say things in that tone. Um, I think the guy who, like, played Tarkin um, in the Clone Wars, like, he does a really good job with it, too. He sounds very similar, and with a couple lines, you can you can almost, like, it sounds exactly the same. It's harder when you do it for an extended period of time, but there are some really talented voice actors out there. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, at least the um the main three. Uh, so uh, um, like I said, Billy West, Katie Segal, and uh, John DiMaggio came back. So that, that's so John DiMaggio is the voice of Bender. Um, uh, Katie Segal is the voice of Leela, and then 
Billy West is pretty much the voice of everyone else. Mm. No, literally, Billy West voices Fry, uh, Professor Fonsworth, Zoidberg, Zap Brannigan. Um, I'm probably missing a couple more of the main ones, and then he voices a whole bunch of like one-off side characters. Like he, he literally voices, like pretty much voices that entire show. In fact, when he auditioned for that show originally, he auditioned for every male voice on the show. <laughs> I mean, that's talent, honestly. Because yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure if you like, if you listen to so a while back, I saw a clip of um. I don't remember the guy's name, the voice actor's name, but it's the one that brought to life all the Looney Tune characters. Um, Mel Blank. Do you know what it? Huh? Mel Blank. Mel Blank. So, if you listen to his voice, you can hear all the different characters, like in it. You know. But if you're watching an episode, you will not think, you know. Like, I mean, obviously, like, you can tell little similarities here and there, but as you're watching a video or an episode of, like, Looney Tunes or something like that, it doesn't take you out of it. Like, they sound unique, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, just voice actors, voice actors are definitely underappreciated because, you know, they're obviously voice actors. They're not, they're not acting on screen. But I think in a lot of ways, they have to be, you know, sometimes even better because all they're doing, they're acting through their voice, you know, like you, you're not, you're not able to, you, I mean, obviously I know a lot of times they get their whole, they get all into it, but you know, it's different with the voice than it is with, with just acting. And, you know, most of the time they're not as well known as a lot of the mainstream actors are. Mm -hmm. Well, in, unless it's like most a lot of the modern movies where they're casting like actual like A-list actors for yeah. voice actors. Like, like, okay, like Chris Pratt was one of the first ones to do voice acting, so I'll give him a pass. Well, no, I won't. But, uh, <laughs> like I said, at least like Chris Pratt was early on because like he did Emmett and the Lego movie pretty early on before a lot of this stuff. But like, you know, now like you're getting mm -hmm. like Tom Holland and The Rock and, you know, all these other different celebrities doing you know, voice acting roles it's like you know what what, yeah. what happened to you're, actual you're, voice actors as i say there's there's a lot of like they are extremely talented and because they're not like a well-known face they're going to get looked over because people don't care as much about that they well, want to have they want to have well, a main also, mainstream actor on their on their movie also imagine this too like imagine how nice it must be to be a voice actor, like okay, you don't you. I don't think that voice actors get paid as much as a lot of like bigger bigger like actual act like you know, on screen actors do. Yeah. But like you can you can even be famous a famous voice actor, and mo mm -hmm. for the, the majority of the time, if you go out in public, you're not going to get recognized. And there, there's yeah. something to be said for that. Like <clears throat> that's know, why we do a podcast with no cameras. I say into the camera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you also have to think about this. Like, okay, I understand, like, the publicity you get from having a big-name actor on your movie or show or whatever. But, like, 
you know, you're talking about how with Futurama, you have one guy who voices how many different characters? Yeah, you probably have to pay four. him a little bit more, but that's probably, but it's a lot less than having to pay four different voice actors to voice four different characters. You know, mm-hmm. like you can run into a lot. I mean, obviously you still have to. Yeah, there's a lot of animation and stuff like that, but like still, it comes out it's probably a lot cheaper to have one actor for four different roles. You know, and they all seem individual because their designs different, their voices sound different. But now, okay, I will. I I do kind of understand how, like, uh, for the main three cast, wanting you know three different act, three different voice actors for the main three. Yeah. Uh, But like, okay, honestly, like right now, I don't, I don't think anyone else but John DiMaggio could voice Bender, but. Honestly, yeah. if Billy West it's a voiced him, voice. but if Billy West had voiced him from the beginning, I don't think like just just listening to Fry and Zap Brannigan and uh, Zoidberg, those are all so distinct mm-hmm. voices. I don't <clears throat> think that um, I, I think yeah. Billy West could have voiced a uh, um, Bender too, and it would have been distinct enough. Yeah, I mean, I think he could have done the job well enough. Now that it's been done, you know, this way, you're used to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't think anyone else, as it is right now, I don't think anyone else other than John DiMaggio could voice Bender. Yeah, yeah, probably my favorite character. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of but, characters um, in uh, Futurama. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, um, well, we're getting close to the two-hour mark somehow. <laughs> somehow we spent lot. We spent like a what looked like about an hour and a half on Fancy and Ferb, so you know, close to it. Uh, about an hour. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I know we don't. Only, I know. This there's portions of it that. About, if we stop yeah. right now, it's probably only going to be end up being about an hour and forty minutes because we had some technical difficulties mm-hmm. earlier on. But yeah, yeah, I, I usually base it on like you know we typically start this around six in the evening and we run till about eight, and you know we may not always get usable footage that whole time, but you know tends to be close close to it. So yeah. Well, do you have anything else to say? Nope. I think we're pretty good. It's good to head to an outro. Because I've already talked a bun- about a bunch of nonsense in this episode, and so I don't know if I can talk a bunch more nonsense for the rest of the episode. I mean, I could probably figure out something to say, but I don't really know if you know I can think up enough interesting things for people to want to listen to the rest, what, 20 minutes of the episode by just saying a bunch of nonsense stuff in the mic. You know what I mean? You're rambling. I am. That was intentional. <laughs> was it not obvious? I think I made it obvious where you didn't have to say it. See, David, by saying it, you're basically just saying to the audience that they're idiots and they needed that to be called out to them. I did not say that, however, and I think everyone who listens to this podcast is smart. Well, except for me in the future. Um, but, you know, I can call myself out in the future when I listen to this podcast and be like, hey, you're an idiot. Because, you know, I can tell myself that I'm an idiot. Am I rambling too much for your liking, David? Because I'm trying to get us to two hours. Like, I feel like the two-hour mark is just kind of where we're going with this. You know, I feel like if we don't get to the two-hour mark, you know, 
We didn't just quite. We, we just didn't get there this week. Just didn't get there. It's always the mark. It's always the goal. I think we can go ahead and head head on to an outro. Um, well, it's good that we can go ahead and head on to an outro because I feel like we're done with everything that we've uh, you know need to say with this uh, this episode because you know we've already gotten everything out of the way with Phoenix and Ferb and there's not much else new with me and I don't think there's much else new with you. So do you want to cut me off any time? <laughs> <laughs> Let's head to an outro. Well, explorers, that's all the time we have for today. And we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Let us know what you thought in the comments down below, or you can DM us on Instagram at DownTheRabbitShowYT. And make sure to tell your friends. And join us next week as we go down the thing. It's the wrong one. Join us next week on the Trailcast. <laughs>